welcome to the Field Log Podcast, weekly reflections for the Warrior King to help you master yourself, fulfill your purpose, and conquer the day. I'm your host, Marcian Sicario. Field Log Day 50 Work until they ask, what are you on? The title for this Field Log came from this idea that when you start training, when you start weight training, and if you're doing it well, you're doing it right, you know, maybe you have good genetics, maybe you don't, but your training is very good, your nutrition is very good, and you're very consistent, you might one day get to the level where people will start asking you, what are you on? And for those of you who haven't been around weight training very long, that basically means, are you taking performance-enhancing drugs, right? Are you on steroids? Are you on SARMs? Are you on pro-hormones? Anything like that. And you think about this, right, when you start training, especially if you start being very successful in the gym, maybe you're very big or you have a very good physique or maybe you're very strong, people will start to wonder, are you on gear? Right, they'll wonder. And there was this meme I saw somewhere or maybe it was a video or something along those lines where basically the punchline was whenever somebody asks me, am I on steroids? I just say yes. What do I look like explaining myself to somebody? Right? And it was this sort of very indignant posture, which I'm not necessarily a fan of, but the idea was very interesting to me. Is that you might get to a level where you're so big and you're so strong and you're so successful in the weight room where people will start to wonder and rather than trying to explain yourself and tell people that you're not on gear. And by the way, quick aside, I personally don't have a like moral qualm with performance-enhancing drugs, right? If that's a route that you choose to go down, that's your prerogative. It does come with health drawbacks, right? And I'm personally always scared that if I ever were to get on gear that I would never want to get off it. But that being said, of course, just a quick aside, when you start to get that level of success in the weight room and people start to ask that, to, to, to just say that, yeah, sure, whatever, right? Not caring what other people think about you. But that really got me thinking that in a way, that's the level of performance we should all be aiming for. You should want to work to such a degree where people think you're quote unquote cheating, right? That the, the results that you're getting and the, the level of advancement that you're producing in whatever pursuit it is, is so astounding that people think that you're getting some sort of outside help, right? Maybe you're someone who grew up very poor and then eventually start to apply yourself and you try to increase your earning potential and you get to a point where people think that maybe you're involved in shady business, right? And I'm certainly not at that level myself, but I could imagine that could be the case. Or like I said, in the weight room, you know, you get so big and so strong that people start to wonder if you're using performance enhancing drugs or maybe you're the kind of person that's very likable and then people start to wonder like what techniques are you using to get people to respond so positively to you, whatever it might be. Right? And I, I think that that's actually a good thing is that that's the level of performance that we should all be aspiring to. It's not good enough to just work and to be decent at something, right? That's not what we're here for. You're not living the Warrior King life. You're not listening to the Field Lock podcast six days a week and doing the warrior king training protocol and journaling every morning and taking cold showers and sleeping on the floor and you know turning down social engagement so that you can work more you're not doing all of that 
to be decent. You're really trying to become exceptional in the things that you're working on, right? And the struggle and the the process of becoming better at those things is, of course, something that's very good for you and for your character and for your discipline, as long as you don't become attached to those things, of course. Now, that being said, this is the level that we have to transcend. Good enough, that is, right? Good enough is something that you have to get beyond. You should not work until people say, wow, you know, you did a solid job. That's, that's really good. I like that. That's not what we're here for, right? We're here to become the best man that we can be, the most effective man we can be in order to be an asset to God, an asset to our community, an asset to our family, right? Wife, children, brothers, friends, it doesn't matter. You want to be exceptional at everything that you do, not for your personal gratification, but rather for your effectiveness as a man. So that's the standard you should have for yourself, right? And I'll stand behind this. The standard you should have for yourself is excellence, but excellence to such a degree where it's suspicious even. And of course, if you do use something like performance-enhancing drugs in the gym, for example, you should be honest about that, right? You shouldn't achieve certain results and then pretend to be using one method when you're actually not using another, right? That's very misleading. It's deceitful. And that's not the character of man that we're looking for. But if you do achieve a level where people start to get suspicious of how you're doing it, that's what you want. You want to have the level of consistency, the work ethic, the, the problem solving, right? Like we said yesterday, the ability to deconstruct to such a level where everything you do is very effective, You want to gather a lot of knowledge where people start to wonder, how do you know these things? That's the level that you want to get to. That should be your motivation in my pursuit to be the tool that God needs me to be for his purposes. In order for me to be the man to achieve the purpose he's given me, I want to be relentless. Right? That's how you have to see things. You should be working day and night, right? Within reason, right? I'm not saying be a workaholic, but working constantly making sacrifices, things that maybe you don't need, right? We all need leisure, yes, but you don't need to be doom scrolling on your phone for three hours. So you want to be that deliberate, that consistent to where you have the level of performance that we're talking about here, right? Where people are saying, what are you on? Like, how is this possible? How do you do it? And then of course, you can share that information with others. So there are a number of benefits here. Right. And as I'm talking about it, right, we've even teased out another one is that when you get to that level, people will begin to be curious about you. Right. How do you do it? Right. One of the things that happens to me all the time is that people think that I'm some sort of workout junkie. Right. They're like, oh, you just spend countless hours in the gym trying to look a certain way or do this and do that. Of course, making assumptions about me that I know are not true. Because A, I train less than three hours a week, right? There are people who spend more time playing video games than I do working out. Or there are people who spend more time going on walks than I do training. And then, of course, we don't train for vanity. We train for effectiveness as a leader. But people will start to make these assumptions about you. But they'll start to wonder. And then you're going to meet certain men in your circle, right? Certain men that you encounter who are going to ask you those questions, right? How do you do it? Like, what's the secret? And then you have an opening, you have an opportunity. One of the biggest forces driving the way people behave, and not just people, 
animals too, right? Especially smart animals, is curiosity. This is something that you can take away, is that curiosity is one of the things that makes people open, right? When somebody sees something that doesn't make sense or that's surprising or that's impressive, people will become curious. And that's an opening that you can exploit, essentially, right? And of course, exploit makes it sound malicious, but it's not. It's for the benefit of that person. So whenever somebody starts to ask me questions, and they usually ask me about things that we've talked about before or maybe are evident, right? Like, for example, I care about fashion, right? I try to dress respectably and well right? And I also have built a physique over the years. So these are the kinds of things that people will ask me about. And then I'll have smart answers for them. And then people will begin to trust you more, which I always say this is the number one requirement to to leadership, right? You can't even start the process of being a leader if you don't have the trust of the people that you're supposed to be leading, right? And leadership doesn't always have to be formal. It can be a very informal arrangement, right? There are Certain people in your life, I'm sure that you go to when you have certain questions. For example, my brother texted me the other day and he was asking me about Anglicans, right? He texted me, he said, brother, what's the, uh, what can you tell me about Anglicans? Because he knows that I'm someone who takes his faith very seriously and who has read a number of sources on, you know, theology and certain different types of denominations. And I, I do have a breadth of knowledge on this that's beyond what the average person might have, right? My brother's agnostic, so he doesn't know much about these things in comparison to me. Now, I, of course, know nothing compared to even some of the guys in my friend group, right? I have a couple of close friends who went to seminary, and their knowledge always seems photographic to me, right? And of course, I go to them when I have those questions. So you start to build those associations. So in some ways, those friends of mine, and some of them are younger than me, right? Leadership doesn't have anything to do with age either. And I might consider those people authorities on certain topics and go to them for advice, for leadership, for help. My brother might come to me because I'm that person of contact for him. And of course, if I didn't have a good answer for him, which I know what Anglicans are, so I explain to him quickly the history and what they believe. But if he were to ask me a question I might not know about, I'll say, I don't actually know the answer to that, but I have a friend who probably will. Let me get back to you. Right? And this happens sometimes. It's, it's okay to say as a leader that you don't know. Right, And we're getting a little off topic here, so we're going to return to the thread. But to finish the thought, that's okay. Leadership is just about trust. And people will trust you if they know that you can admit when you don't actually have the answer. Right, This happened to me once where um, somebody was training under me and he was running the Warrior King training protocol and he started to have this very sharp pain in his upper back around his traps and I threw everything I had at the problem. And nothing worked, right? We mobilized, soft tissue work, band work. I double-checked, triple-checked his form. Everything looks good. He's still experiencing pain. It's a shooting pain. At some point, I threw in the towel. I told him, listen, like this is beyond me, right? I think you need to see a professional. Then he went to see somebody, and it turned out he had like bulging discs or something along those lines, right? Something that I can't help him with, that's for sure. But if you want to build that kind of trust, if you want people to have that level of trust in you, you need to be able to have performance that amazes, right? And again, this is not about vanity. It's not about ego. It's not about trying to look good for people. If it were, then I wouldn't recommend that you tell people when you don't know. It's rather about mastering certain topics to the point where you're as effective as you can be. 
right? And that should be your goal. You should not be pursuing certain things with complete abandon if you're just going to stop when it's, you know, decent, right? If you're going to be what in the training world we call the eternal intermediate. It's generally agreed that there are four or five levels of athletes when it comes to strength. There is the novice, the intermediate, the advanced, the elite, and then of course there's world class. But there are certain people in the weight room who are stuck around the intermediate level, and I have some friends like this, and you know their bench will go up 10, 20, 30 pounds, their squat will go up, and then maybe they'll get an injury and it'll go back down or they'll be less consistent and they're always yo-yoing back and forth. You can't let that be you, right? You have to have consistency. And we've done an episode on this. I think it was episode two, day two, was on consistency. The power of doing things frequently and to showing up every time, right? That compounding effect, that compound interest, if you will. If you do it every day, if you do it every week, if you do it every month, you know, depending on the time scale, this is the level of consistency that's going to be required of you to work until they ask, what are you on? It's a general indicator that you've achieved a certain level of mastery to the point where you can start giving advice. I waited a very long time before I started the Warrior King brand and the Feel Lock podcast, right? And I'm in my late 20s. So sometimes, you know, you ask yourself, do I even have the authority to talk about these topics? Like, who am I to give advice to people? Well, it, it started to come around naturally where constantly people would ask me the same questions and I would think, man, I really should just write this all down and make it available so I can just send the link. And then I won't forget certain information. I can even reference it myself. I reference the Warrior King training protocol all the time when I forget certain principles or what the exact numbers are. I, I'll reference it. So building that level of authority should be your goal. And then when people start asking you questions and you get the same questions again and again and again, that's going to be the indicator that you need to know, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Now people are really starting to wonder, like, what is it that you do? That's ultimately the, the question that's underlying the what are you on, right, on a larger scale. If someone in the gym is asking you, what are you on? What, what he's really asking you is two things. One, what is it that you're doing to get these results? And two, is this even possible, quote unquote, naturally, right? Are you cheating in some way? Another thing that you should know about this is that you should never let it upset or discourage you. If people start to think that you're cheating in some way or that you're not being truthful about how you're getting certain results or how you achieved certain things, if you know in your heart that that's not what you did, right? And you're the only one who knows the truth, you and God. If that's who you are, don't let it bother you, right? I get, I get comments all the time, right? And most of them, the vast majority of the comments are positive, right? By and large, people are at their core good, right? Humans are good at their core. And a lot of people, they'll be amazed by the things that you do and they'll be happy for you. And that's great. And they'll, you know, humble themselves and ask you for advice and opinions and you can give that. Now, there will be some people who'll be snarky about it, right? Somebody might ask you, what are you on? And you might say, well, I'm not on anything, but if you're asking me how I got these results, I can tell you. And then the person might dismiss you and say, no, I know you're on something. There's no way you got these results naturally. And of course, this is one of those things that people argue about all the time, right? In the weight training world, who's natural, who's not. But that's not something you should get wrapped up in, right? Your self-worth should not be wrapped up in how people think of you 
but rather, and especially the minority of people, but rather in how God thinks of you, right? And are you being true to your values and the virtues that you value, which of course are God's virtues? Well, that's basically the idea that we're after here, is when we're waking up in the morning, we're waking up early and we're doing cold showers and we're eating maybe the same meal every day because it's fast and easy and we're going to the gym even if we don't feel like it and we're studying when everyone else is out having fun and people are meeting up and you're like, listen, I can't because I have to study, right? I have a really close friend who sees his girlfriend, I think two or three times a week maybe and she'll sometimes ask him, he's like, hey, can you can we hang out Thursday? And he'll say, I wish I could, but I have, I have work to do, right? He's someone who's very committed to the Warrior King life. And the progress he's making is amazing, right? People say this to him all the time. They're like, I can't believe the, the level of progress you're making, right? His physique is blowing up and he's dressing better and people are noticing and he's very confident and charismatic and likable and all of the qualities you would expect in a good leader. He has a great heart, right? Everyone gets along with him. It, it's impossible to not like this guy. But he sometimes has to turn down social engagements, right? And his girlfriend will want to hang out and he say, I can't, right? If you're making those sacrifices, like my friend that I'm talking about, if you're doing that, it better be worth it. You better get to the level where people are asking, man, what are you on, right? Like, are you, for example, if you have that level of discipline, are you on Adderall? right? Or is it, is it Vivans or is it Modafinil? Like, are you taking nootropics? How do you have this work ethic? Where is this coming from? Right? Especially if it's a very sudden transformation. That's your goal. Your goal is not to wing it. Your goal is not to phone it in. Your goal is to work until they ask, man, what are you on? Like, what is, how are you doing this? That's what you're pursuing, right? You're competing with yourself, always asking yourself, can I do better, right? Is there a more efficient way? Can I improve this? Can I iterate? But I was having a conversation with, or well, it's more accurate to say that I was, I overheard a conversation between two guys, two of my coworkers at work, and they were talking about golf, and I don't know much about golf. And they were explaining the concept of handicaps and saying that, you know, you can play against someone who's way better than you, and handicaps will even the playing field. And I perked up, right? I was at my desk. I was like, wait a minute. I turned over. And I was like, hey, can you explain that to me? What's a handicap? Right? Because I, I saw a very interesting idea there when I just overheard it. And he explained it to me. So basically the way it works is if you golf a lot, let's say like maybe once a week or once every two weeks or something along those lines, you're going to get what's called a handicap. So if there's a course and each course has, I don't know, nine or 18 holes or something, and the par for each hole is set at a certain number, right? If it takes you three hits to get to the little hole in the ground, whatever it's called, and it usually takes people two, that's the uh, par for that hole is two, and you're hitting three, then over the course of the next 18 holes, you're going to have a certain number above or at par or below par, whatever it is, that's your handicap. So if you're the kind of person who maybe has a handicap of 10, and then someone else has a handicap of three, you can actually play against that person and you're not really competing with that person as much as you're competing with yourself. So my handicap might be 10 and I might show up and hit a handicap of nine that day and my friend might be at a three, but he hits a handicap of four. So even though his performance was objectively better than mine that day, by handicaps, I outperformed him and I win. A similar concept exists in weight training. It's called your Wilkes score, right? Compared to your body weight, how strong are you? 
because I, you know, I weigh 170 pounds right now. I think it was like 169 this morning, trying to lean out a little bit. And I might bench a certain number and there's someone who's 135 pounds and that person benches 30 pounds less than I do. I might say I'm stronger than you, but his Wilk score is higher than mine. So in reference to himself, he's done better. That's what you're going for. You're constantly asking yourself, am I competing with myself or am I competing with other people? Right? If I'm competing with myself, if I'm looking at my own handicap, how am I doing? Is my handicap going down over time? And when you're doing that, when you're constantly improving on what, what it is that you're doing and focusing on yourself and not worrying about what other people are doing, that's when you're going to eventually look up and realize that you've built some sort of exceptional performance in a certain field. And that's when people are going to start asking, what is it that you're doing? Right, so we, we talked about a lot of different ideas today and all tying back to this one thought. Right, you want to work until people ask, what are you on? That's your goal. You want to keep working on things. You don't want average. You don't want normal. You don't want realistic. Right, there's too many people doing that already. If you're listening to this, you're shooting to be someone who can do better than that. Right, you want to be more effective than that. So do that. Set your goal to be insane performance. Right? This is one of the things I talk about in the 2023 goal setting guide is this idea that you should set goals that scare you. Right? They should be a little crazy. They should be way out of reach as it appears to you. Do that. Don't settle for good enough. Right? And this isn't about gratifying yourself. This is about becoming the man you're supposed to be, right? Achieving your fullest potential to serve the people around you, right? To win, to conquer the day, to do what it is that you have to do. So work to that level. Leave nothing on the table. Work hard. Recover. Take care of yourself. Take care of the people around you. Achieve your purpose. And keep striving. Do that. Don't settle for less. That's it for this week's Field Log. If you like what you heard today, you can follow this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on right now. You can also rate the show. That always helps out a lot. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at marcian.cx for Field Log snippets, art, philosophy, and training-related content. You can also visit the website at marcian.cx for much more of the same. I'm still working on consolidating the Warrior King content into the marcian.cx project. So check back at the website soon for the new and improved Warrior King training protocol, which is going to include supersets and my updated supplement recommendations. There's also a 2024 goal setting guide on the way, and of course the Warrior King newsletter. If any of that sounds appealing to you, the links to everything are in the show notes below. It's all free, and as always, conquer the day. <laughs>